Support for WERU health-related programming comes from the Penobscot Bay Press, committed to providing community news and information, publishing three weekly newspapers, the Weekly Packet, Island Advantages, the Castine Patriot, the annual Bay Community Register, the Summer Seasonal Guide, and more. Also on the web at www.penobscotbaypress.com. And it's 10 o'clock and you are tuned to WERU-FM, 89.9 Blue Hill, 102.9 Bangor, and streaming online at WERU.org. Healthy Options with host Cynthia Swan is up next. Hello and welcome to Healthy Options. Happy Heart Month. Uh, February is known to be the time of Valentine's Day and the time in uh, many uh, holistic circles where we focus on the heart during this wintry time. I do, uh, I am filling in today for Andre. She will be um, co-hosting the show in April and I'm taking her February slot. And I was happy to do this because I wanted to um, also have listeners be aware that there's something uh, really wonderful around the bend in May coming up, which is um, Heart Health, the women, the 2009 Women's Health Conference, and it's going to take place on May 15th and 16th at Point Lookout on Route 1 in Northport. And the theme of this year's conference is Nutrition for a Healthy Heart, Body, Mind, and Spirit. The grassroots organization, the Women's Health Initiative, have invited a community of health practitioners, women, and family members of Midcoast, Maine to come together and celebrate women's health during National Women's Health Week following Mother's Day. The weekend promises a commitment to providing a welcome atmosphere for relaxation with workshops, entertainment, and exhibits focused on the well-being of women. Maine Health and Waldo County General Hospital co-sponsored the event in support of the Women's Health Initiative's long-term goal of establishing a learning resource center in Midcoast, Maine. And there'll be 20 or so workshops that will address prevention through natural, allopathic, and alternative approaches to the care of the body. Um, Pre-registration is encouraged by visiting their website, www.idcoastwomenshealth.com, or calling 930-2694, beginning February 20th, for information about attending the conference. And they also have tickets to the Anana Sisters concert on May 16th can be purchased by calling that number as well, 930 930- 2694 in Belfast and at participating businesses beginning April 1st. So um, happy to be talking about the heart and um, talking about the Women's Health Conference. So stay tuned for that. I think that's going to be wonderful. They had their first annual last year and um, I heard that went superbly well and I anticipate that this will also. So um, to, to kind of springboard right from there, I'd like to introduce my first guest, who's also going to be a keynote speaker at the uh, Women's Health Conference taking place May 15th and 16th. And um, I'd like to introduce Dr. Dennis DeSilvey. He is, he, his office is at Waldo County General Hospital, 
practicing cardiovascular medicine. And um, he is, uh, his medical school background is Columbia University College of Physicians and Surgeons in New York, New York, of course. His internship at New England Deaconess Hospital in Internal Medicine in Boston, and his residency at New York Hospital Internal Medicine and Cardiology, and also at Cornell Medical Center, New York, New York. And he is American, he's certified by the American Board of Internal Medicine um, internal medicine, and he is also uh, on the American Board of Internal Medicine, Cardiovascular Medicine. And um, welcome, Dr. DeSilvi. Hi, Cindy. It's good to have you on. Thanks for taking time out of your schedule to um, to be on, and um, I, I think people will be excited to know that you're also going to be the keynote at the conference coming up in May. But let's get right to the heart of the matter, because um, we're, we're here in the midst of heart month. Um, Dr. DeSilvia, how do how does uh, how does our heart work? Well, it's an interesting structure, Cindy. A heart's a, the heart basically is a pump. Um, it is designed to pump blood throughout the body. Um, it the major pumping chamber is the left side of the heart, which is the left ventricle. And if you think about the volume of the left ventricle, it puts out about sixty percent of its volume with each heartbeat in a normal individual. Um, it also has an electrical system that controls that pumping system, um, kind of very much like the uh, the, the pumps that uh, work off your furnace on a uh, um, a hot water baseboard heating system. Uh, oddly enough, uh, you know, they turn on and signal and tell the left ventricle to pump in a certain sequence. And in normal people, the the blood is pushed from the small pumping chamber of the atrium into the big pumping pumping chamber of the ventricle, and then. Uh, on the right side through the lungs and the left side through the body. Thank you. And what are the controllable risk factors for heart disease? That's a good question, Cindy, because the only non-controllable risk factor is your family history. Mm -hmm. uh, when you come right down to it, men and women share an equal risk of heart disease. Women generally tend to develop heart disease about 10 years after men. So in men, we begin to define the risk um, window is 45 years of age, and in women it's 55 years of age. Uh, interesting enough, by the age of 65, the women and men have, are equal. The women have caught very quickly up to the men in terms of incidence and prevalence of heart disease. The controllable risk factors then are, are basically uh, cigarette smoking, which um, anybody can, can quit if they have. It's probably, it's probably alone one of the major factors that damages the blood vessels. Uh, high cholesterol can be controlled now with medications and diet and exercise. Um, sedentary lifestyle can be controlled with exercise. Hypertension can be controlled with medications, exercise, and diet. Uh, and um, I think diet, I'm not sure I mentioned diabetes, can also be controlled equally well. So we can control cholesterol, cigarette smoking, hypertension, diabetes, uh, and hyperlipidemia in this day and age very well. And like you said, the only thing we can't control is, uh, as I always say, you can choose your friends, but you can't choose your parents. And so, yeah, genetics. You, 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 you kind of have to look at the genetics uh, in, in, in that whole equation. Well, in view of that, you alluded to some of the controllable risk factors, so let's jump into that. How does one keep their heart healthy? One begins, certainly in families, this is, this is definitely a pediatric challenge and one that begins in childhood. So I would reach out to the listeners and, and, and emphasize that it's not just their problem, but it's their partner's problem 
and their children's problem, and it's a challenge. In this day and age, uh, kids are much less physically active. But certainly, the simple things that any person can do is they can eat a healthy diet, and by that, I generally recommend what we call, it's a bad term, the Mediterranean diet, but basically what it means is a diet that's high in fruits and vegetables, low in red meat, portion size is very carefully controlled, um, Using oily fish or a dark fish meat is beneficial because of the fish oil that's in it. So you, you eat a healthy diet. Then you, you're physically active just during the day. You take stairs instead of the elevator. You park your car across the parking lot and walk to the store instead of parking right in front and trying to shorten the distance to the to the store. You try and walking is clearly the best exercise and the simplest exercise for anybody. Uh, and then if you do have the other risk factors, you you control your cholesterol, you work with your physician or your health care provider to get your cholesterol down. If you're a diabetic, you definitely want to get your diabetes under control. You want to know whether you're hypertensive, and if you are, you want to get that under control. So um, I always tell my patients I'm only about 20% of them getting better, and the rest is the other 80% is what they do. Yeah, so it's the partnership, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's some multifactorial partnership. I know you've got speakers um, on about uh, alternative therapies, and, and I, I'm a strong supporter as long as it's done with uh, interaction and understanding that, that I know what, what patients are, are, are taking so that I can guide them to the proper drugs. Exactly. So you have the teamwork approach so yeah. they can hear all sides and, and um, everyone comes to the table. And then that ensures, of course, that the patient gets the best care. Absolutely. And Absolutely. they're a part of that care. You, you, you talked about walking and you, you also gave people some tips about, you know, take the stairs. You know, I've, I've heard people, other providers say, you know, if you're going just in your general daily routine, um, you know, also park a distance away from where you have to go shopping to get your groceries, put in more walking march in place if you're watching TV when commercials are on, all these sorts of things. But you also, when I spoke to you about being on the show, you said, Cindy, go to the website, the American Heart Association website, um, because they have all kinds of tips on there. And I just wondered, do you want to share a few of the other things on the the website uh, with listeners or something that you want to point out specifically as being of interest? It's a very good website. I, 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 really discovered it only a couple of months ago and have, have found it very helpful. They've got uh, dietary suggestions on there, recipe suggestions. They've got a walking log on there that you can record. You can calculate your, your body mass index, which is a, a, a better reflection of whether you're overweight or not. Um, there's a lot of interactive material. There are many good websites out there. Um, what I encourage my patients to do, at least tell me what they're looking at, because there are also many bad websites. I don't want to call them bad, but they, but but the websites need to give factual, evidence-based information to patients, mm-hmm. and it can they can't be something that's touting this particular drug or that particular drug as being the be-all and end-all uh, and the cure for everything. So, well, I would. It's also specific, right? Someone might do better on one particular medicine than uh, another. Absolutely. And so it's it's really working with the individual. Right. Doctor DeSilvi, what's your favorite mode of exercise? Um, that's a good question, Cindy. Actually, it's now become uh, pole walking or Nordic walking. Oh, I, pole walking. For, for many years, I was a runner. Uh huh. Um, and I I really found that I was getting to a point where I wasn't running as productively and efficiently as I would like to. It, uh, 
had some minor foot problems, then I broke my ankle this spring, summer. But even before that, I really find uh, Nordic walking to be a wonderful form of exercise. Uh, very easy to do. You just need to get the right poles that cost you about 90 bucks and kind of listen to the little tape that shows you how to do it. It's kind of like uh, cross-country skiing on the ground. Oh, very and, interesting. And um, I, I have really come to enjoy it because it, I find that at the end of a vigorous pole walking session with far less impact, and when you use the poles, you reduce the shock in your knees by about 35%, and you increase the exercise benefit by about 35% of the, the activity, I feel totally winded and very well exercised at the end of a session. So it's an activity that you think just about anybody could do. A- anybody can do. And where where do they get the poles? Do they... um, you can get the poles at any uh, good sporting goods store, main sports, uh, Cadillac Mountain Sports. Uh, they're made. The best ones are made by a company called Lecky, and I think I think it's L E C K I. And I would assume that you've got to kind of be fitted to that pole, right? I mean... uh, the poles come fittable. Oh, okay. In other words, you can unscrew them, run them out to your de- your your distance that's ideal for you, which is basically uh, perpen- put your arm perpendicular at the elbow and just grab the grip. And Well, thanks for that tip. And Dr. DeSilvia, I have another question for you. Sure. What made you decide that you wanted to go into cardiology? Um, I, I was fascinated by it in medical school. I originally started out to become a pediatrician. Hmm. And when I was at Columbia, I became very much interested in cardiology. And then when I got to Cornell, um, the interest in cardiology just grew from there because a lot of it, was, a lot of it had to do with my teachers. And, uh, but obviously by the time I was at Cornell, I'd already selected an internal medicine specialty. Internal medicine is a field and not cardiology. Mm-hmm. And then I, cardiology comes later. And so in terms of your, um, in terms of your work, I mean, we all learn it's like a, a teacher. I, I see a physician also as a teacher, if you will, because you're, you're also educating your patients. Uh, and, yeah, that is correct. And, and also your patients in many ways are educating you, I would imagine. That is, that is very correct. And Cindy. I would say in terms of that experience, do you have like a particular story or something that comes to your mind that you might want to share with listeners about your work in that field as teacher or as student of, uh, of this work? Well, it, that's a, a, a good question, Cindy, because I see my role here at Waldo County General Hospital. My role previously at the University of Virginia actually was a teacher. I, for 20 years, was in Vermont before then and in a community hospital and saw my role as being the teacher of my colleagues about what good contemporary cardiology care involves. Simultaneously, I teach my patients. They teach me. And one of the reasons I enjoy cardiology so much is you, have, you constantly have to keep learning. Mm. The, the field changes so much that... Uh, I jokingly tell people about the only thing that's relevant from when I went to medical school is physical diagnosis. <laughs> so true. Well, Dr. DeSilvia, I know that you're busy. We're, we're calling you at, at work today at Waldo County General Hospital, so I'm going to um, let you get back to your patient care, and I want to really thank you for um, being on the air on Healthy Options and sharing your expertise, and also to commend you on your work with the Women's Health Conference that's coming up in May. It's going to be a fantastic conference, Cindy, I, and uh, it's going to be exciting. I'm going to be speaking, as you said, on two topics. One is on myths and realities, some of the things that, such as vitamins and, and um, other therapies that have been thought to work for heart disease, and then a second talk on uh, actually on herbal medicines or alternative therapies for heart disease, what works and doesn't work. 
Well, thank you, Dr. DeSilvi. Thank you very much for your dedication and for being on the air. And we're going to go to a quick break. And again, I want to thank my guest, Dr. Dennis DeSilvi of Waldo County General Hospital. And I want to give his office number um, if someone would like to reach him. Uh, Dr. DeSilvi is still accepting patients over 12 years old. And his phone number is 338-1838 in, the office at Waldo, in his office at Waldo County General Hospital. And now we'll go to a break. Welcome back to Healthy Options. I'm Cynthia Swan, and I just finished speaking with my first guest, Dr. Dennis DeSilvi, cardiologist, who will also be one of the keynote presenters at the 2009 Women's Health Conference taking place on May 15th and 16th at Point Lookout. And my next guest also is involved in the conference and will be presenting. Uh, she may be familiar if you listened last month. I actually had Margaret Pete on the air uh, to speak about Ayurvedic medicine. And today, another area of expertise of Margaret's is something called heart math. So let me just give you a background again on Margaret. She is a naturopath with a specialty in Ayurvedic medicine. And for five years, Margaret was a full-time student of Dr. Vasant at, at the Ayurvedic Institute in Albuquerque, New Mexico. She's also studied extensively in the area, uh, area of Tai Chi Chuan, uh, herbal, Chinese herbal medicine. She holds certificates also in that, as well as Shiatsu. In more recent years, she's been involved in the emerging field of functional medicine with certifications from the Institute for Functional Medicine in Gig Harbor, Washington. Ayurveda and functional medicine look beyond symptoms to identify the underlying cause of disease and heal the whole person, body, mind, consciousness. Margaret sees clients in her offices in Lincolnville and Camden, Maine. She also works with clients on telephone on the telephone, and she can be reached at um, 707-954-5217. Margaret is also the author of the book, My Doctor Says I'm Fine, So Why Do I Feel So Bad? And that's available through Amazon.com. Margaret, welcome back. Thank you, Cindy. Good uh, to be back. It's good to have you on and to talk about another area in which um, you have a lot of background and expertise. So let's delve into that. What exactly is heart math? Well, Cindy, I like to refer to heart math as stress management for the 21st century. Now, back in 1991, a man named Doc Childray founded the Heart Math Institute in Boulder Creek, California. And Doc uh, is a, a researcher in the area of stress, and he really wanted to do scientific research in how to deal with stress in our culture, which is a very big problem for many of us because of, of the way we live our lives at this point. So 
Doc and his uh, helpers at the Institute have done incredible work over these last years in uh, research on how to handle stress in the 21st century. And I have found his program extremely helpful for many, many people. And I think it addresses people's needs in the West in language that is readily accessible for Westerners. And so I, um, I think that uh, the science, getting the science behind this, is uh, really important for Westerners. I think here in the West that we have tended to uh, uh, depend on scientific research to um, give us the knowledge that we have, and um, but many have found it just uh, leaving out something that uh, is important. And I think one of the exciting aspects of life here in the early years of the 21st century is that people are sensing the possibility of merger between science and spirit. And uh, I think that studying heart math uh, helps us to understand how uh, the heart might be the doorway to this union of new thinking. Well, it's interesting you say that, Margaret, because even in the heart math solution, the book, yes. it talks about, um, Childre talks about how in the East, there's been that kind of knowledge or that kind of belief system anyway. If you look at in Ayurveda, which of course you're expert, more expert than I am certainly, but there's that the seven chakras, the lower three, and then the fourth chakra being the heart, the gateway to the upper three chakras, right. which also are correlated in the West with specific organ areas. That's right, and it's uh, interesting to look at the Chinese language and to realize that... Um, in, in the Chinese language, um, the heart is seen as the seat of the connection between the mind and the body, just as you said it is in Ayurveda also. And the heart forms a bridge between the two. And traditional Chinese medicine also talks about the heart blood housing the shin, which can be translated as both mind and spirit. Um, in, in the West, the thought is seen as exclusively a function of the brain. However, the, the Chinese language also represents a different perspective here. The Chinese characters for oh, a number of things um, will tell us that um, they, all of these characters for thinking, thought, intent, listen, virtue, and love all include the character for heart. So it's right there in their language. The same is true of other Eastern cultures and uh, we in the West really are the only ones who have not um, uh, understood this. Maybe it's because we're not old enough, Margaret. Well, maybe we are. <laughs> <laughs> I think another thing, Cindy, that's interesting to realize that in the developing fetus, the heart starts beating before the brain is formed. Mm. <laughs> interesting. And also look at a heart transplant. Right. They haven't really understood up to this point how to reconnect the heart to the brain. And so that is severed. But they put the transplanted heart in, and the heart takes over. It doesn't need that connection anymore. So we still have a lot to learn. <laughs> True, indeed. Let, let's talk about heart intelligence 
What is that? Well, you know, I like the um, the, the um, description that uh, Doc Childre gives in his book. And let me see if I can find this. Um, I, um, I wanted to get it exact. Here it is. He says, heart intelligence is the intelligent flow of awareness and insight that we experience once the mind and emotions are brought into balance and coherence through a self-initiated process. This form of intelligence is experienced as direct, intuitive knowing that manifests in thoughts and emotions that are beneficial for ourselves and others. Hmm. And that gives us a lot to think about. Yes, it does indeed. Now, heart math, when we look at this, how, how does it benefit one on a physical, emotional, mental, and, and even a spiritual level? Can you address all those different well, levels that I, create the human being? I, I will try to. Um, it's interesting. Um, all of the um, different effects, it, I mean, the just getting stress management under control is a first big step to help in every part of our bodies. And um, I think that um, it, it affects us in so many ways. It increases our health and longevity um, um, more than actually the physical factors, such as age, blood pressure, cholesterol, or smoking. And um, experiencing care and compassion has also been shown to increase uh, the body's immunity, uh, which is its first line of defense, and make us more resistant to infection and disease. Well, and, you know, feeling loved and cared for, as well as caring for others, it plays a great role in our total health. Certainly, and certainly the, the role of um, that, that phrase that's been coined, psychoneuroimmunology, that whole concept of that study that has to do with our, our mind, our thoughts, and our feelings. Um, and there's been actually quite a bit of um, work done in that field that looks at the whole human being and putting it back in the equation. But I, I want to piggyback on your uh, piece about the stress, Margaret, for a moment, if you will. We've talked about this before in terms of when a person is under tremendous stress, the cortisol levels are increased. Cortisol is not a bad thing, but too much of anything is not necessarily good and is harmful. And then how it can, um, you know, shoot out your adrenals. And um, and again, then you're, you know, this, this kind of chronic stress. And there's also quite a bit of literature that talks about how people under a lot of stress are more accident prone and prone to diseases and having problem with their immune system, and the list goes on. So you're saying heart math can help with that aspect. Is it through the particular exercises that heart are math, given? Heart math teaches several very simple tools that help us to move ourselves from chaos to coherence in their language. Take the first little tool that is taught called freeze frame. It helps us to look at a situation in life and to sort of freeze the frame as in a movie. 
and look at the situation. And if we stop long enough to actually look at a situation, we can modulate our response to it. Rather than being reactive, we can modulate our response and react to it in a positive way rather than a destructive way. So in a sense, we go from chaos to coherence. Just learning that one simple tool can help us to manage our stress levels and indeed change our whole energy around things. And in its simplicity, it is profound. So that, that's, that, that is interesting. So it's like in the middle of that stressful situation, instead of having perhaps sometimes a knee-jerk reaction, that's I'm it. thinking in terms of the brain mapping, how we have these, um, you know, they say the, the wires in our brain that, uh, that um, wire together, fire together, or fire together, wire together, if you will. And so sometimes we're hardwired for certain kinds of responses because it's like a knee-jerk reaction. And whenever you break that, um, that cycle, and you stop it. That's what it sounds it's sounding to me like as you're talking about freeze frame. Correct me if I'm wrong. It sounds like you're stopping that maybe you're a habit you might have of going right into um, panic or or um, you know hysteria or something. Stopping that, freezing that frame, so you can pull your horses back a little bit and get into um, a, a a better place and not just be so reactive. Is that part of what that, freeze frame is about? Part of it. There is also another particular exercise called cut through, that if you have patterns from your past that, you know, various reactive patterns of, of responding to certain types of situations, and you realize they're more destructive to you than helpful, this cut through technique will help you to learn how to uh, sort of um, clean up your hard drive. Mm. and reprogram your reaction to certain types of situations. And you realize, hey, that worked for me in the past. It doesn't work anymore. I don't want that kind of reaction in my life anymore. I'm going to change that. So here's another simple tool specifically addressing what you just said. So the the heart math tools, are they uh, these tools that people work with in in this program? Is it it something anybody can learn no matter what age they are and and no matter where they are in their development? Absolutely. It's, It's interesting that the Heart Math Institute in more recent years has actually been going into the schools and working with children. And this is has been so successful. And if you start with people younger, it can affect their, the, the way their lives unfold. You know, there's another point I wanted to make, Cindy, based on uh, Daniel Goldman's work. and um, emotional intelligence? Emotional yeah. intelligence. Mm-hmm. And uh, he says that uh, his research has confirmed that success in life is based more on our ability to manage our emotions than on our intellectual capabilities. Mm. And that a lack of success is more often than not due to our management of emotions. And he goes on to say that his research helps explain why many individuals with a high IQ falter in life, while others with only a modest IQ do exceptionally well. And he says uh, that the news about emotional intelligence is 
that unlike IQ, it can be developed and increased throughout life. So that's an interesting piece, I think, to, to realize in this emerging new information. So there's hope for everyone to change patterns and behaviors and to reduce their stress. Absolutely. I would say definitely. So, Margaret, uh, how about giving listeners some resources um, in terms of heart math? You talked about the Heart Math Institute in um, is Boulder, it? Creek, Boulder Creek, California. Boulder Creek, California. I would suggest that they go to the website, heartmath.com, or just Google the Heart Math Institute. They have actually a number of websites. And if you Google HeartMath Institute, and that's H-E-A-R-T, capital M-A-T-H, it's run together, HeartMath Institute, you will come up with many resources. And they have a number of books um, out at this point. The book that uh, um, we have been talking about today on the program is called The HeartMath Solution that Doc Childray and Howard Martin wrote together. And it is an extraordinarily good introduction to this whole idea and is available through Amazon. Well, and last question for you, Margaret, before we go to break. What drew you to heart math? Actually, when I was in California, um, I was given the opportunity to learn these techniques in order to work with a physician of mine out there who asked me to... Um, learned this technique myself so that I could work with some of her patients. Mm. And I really, in going through the training, I came to the conclusion that this is the one single most valuable thing that I have ever learned. And uh, I have been so grateful for having the opportunity to learn this technique and to be able to use it with other people. Thank you for that. And I, before we get off, I'm going to also plug one other book that I know you like because you've talked about this in your classes that you teach. Uh, Robert Sapolsky, um, uh, I believe neuroscientist uh, or behavioral scientist, maybe that, uh, who wrote the book, Why Zebras Don't Get Ulcers. Yes, he has a wonderful <laughs> message in that book. And I love the way you always say well, Will you say it better than me? Oh, Tell listeners what, what his main thing is about why zebras don't get ulcers. No. Dr. Sapolsky spent quite a bit of time observing grazing animals in Africa. And what he noted was that they were absolutely stress-free grazing. And then they sensed a lion was in the brush, and immediately their cortisol goes up, the fight or flight, and they run to safety. And then once the lion is gone, they shake themselves and go back to peaceful grazing. And I say, we in the West have forgotten how shake ourselves. So on that note, Margaret, thanks for joining us. We're going to go to a break. Listeners, you've been listening to my second guest, Margaret Smith-Pete, um, Ayurvedic um, pra- uh, specialty in Ayurvedic medicine, a naturopath. And well, Margaret holds, she has so much information, I can't go into it all, but also um, an expert in heart math and a uh, teacher as well. And you can reach her at 707 954 5217, and she'll also be presenting at the Women's Health Conference. We'll go to break and we'll be right back.
Welcome back, listeners. You're listening to Healthy Option. I'm Cindy Swan filling in today for Andre, but she'll be back. She'll be back in April. And um, I'd like to introduce my third guest as we continue to have this conversation during this wonderful month of February where we talk about heart health and how uh, the heart is affected in um, uh, numerous areas. And we're looking at it from a body, mind, and spirit um, through that lens. Well, my last guest that I'm introducing today to carry on this topic is C.J. Kinney. And C.J. holds degrees in psychology, business, and karate. <laughs> uh, she's also the co-founder with Stephanie Ray, who was the former executive director of the Vena Institute in Rockport. Um, and they have founded Rock the Path in Camden, Maine. It's a nonprofit holistic retreat and educational center providing effective tools beneficial skills, and enlightening experiences to enhance the minds, bodies, spirits, and lives of its students through a range of experiential workshops, classes, and retreats. And through the exploration of consciousness, Rock the Paths programs help participants reduce stress, increase productivity, access inner and higher guidance, reach their personal and professional goals, spur their creativity, and enhance their health and quality of life. And for more information, you can visit Rock the Path online at www.rockthepath.org, or you can email them at rocket, R-O-C-K-I-T, at rockthepath.org, or you can even call them at 207-236-7549. Welcome, CJ. 7459. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> 7459. There, there's my numeral uh, dyslex- dyslexia um, coming, coming up to the surface. Um, welcome. Thank you. So that's um, let, let's go right to mm-hmm. one of your core teachings mm-hmm. at um, Rock the Path is um, something called hemisync. Yeah. So what is hemisync and why do you use it? How does it relate to all of this we're talking about this morning? Well, hemisync is uh, our core tool. And it's a scientifically and clinically proven audio technology that was developed um, by the founder of the Monroe Institute, uh, Robert Monroe. Hemisync um, uses tones delivered via headphones, which synchronize the hemispheres of the brain. Um, This creates... um, This creates a state from which one has available a broader range of perceptions with which to solve problems, develop creativity, obtain guidance, both higher and inner, um, relax and reduce pain and stress. We've been talking a lot about that. Mm -hmm. Um, To focus and concentrate, meditate, sleep deeply, reduce unwanted behaviors and increase desirable ones, and to develop spiritually. Okay. Wow. <laughs> it's a, I, 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 I tend to call hemisync, you know, it is, it is a tool. It is just a tool. It's not a magic, magic pill or, or bullet, but it is a powerful tool. And I, I sometimes call it a, uh, an acoustic apple. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, we all talk about how apples are so healthy and an apple a day will keep the doctor, the doctor away. away. That old yeah. adage. Right. Because right. of the pectin in the apple. Okay. Right. So, um, so Hemi, well, well, let me ask, uh, so for listeners who, who, you know, express what that looks like, it's, it, what is Hemisync itself? I mean, physically, it's a, it's a disc-like? Oh, well, Hemisync is short for hemispheric uh, synchronization. And so we're, we're talking about the brain there, mm-hmm. where we have the left and right hemispheres. And at any given time, um, you know, our, our brains are either, you know, left dominant or right dominant. Right. And they're not exactly working together, mm-hmm. you know. So the one's dominant and one's, you know, not dominant. And what this tool does is it brings the brain into whole brain function. 
And it does this by putting in um, tones which are just slightly different in hertz. So we put like 100 uh, hertz tone in your left ear and 100 hertz tone in your right ear. And what your brain says is, uh, aha, that's a 4 hertz difference. Mm. What shall I do with that? And what's so interesting that what your brain does with this is it creates something known as a binaural beat. Now, this is not on any tape or on any CD or in your atmosphere or, or mm -hmm. anywhere, your brainstem creates it. Okay. And when your brainstem creates this, it also, to, to create it, it needs its whole brain function. It needs the whole brain to do it, not just the left dominant, not just the right dominant, but it needs the whole brain. And so after about 25 minutes of being exposed to these tones and your brain creating this binaural beat, which we call a, a sound artifact in that it's your brain making that noise, and you'll hear it. You'll mm -hmm. hear it as if as if it's a noise outside, but it's you doing it. Mm -hmm. um, your brain will come into a whole brain function. And from that, and like I was uh, saying before, it's a state from which you have available a broader range of perceptions. It's, um, it's an it's a incredibly powerful starting point that is often very difficult to achieve without it. You... When you look at the brains of people who have had meditative practices for you know, 10, 20 years, um, and you look at them, their brains, if you, you hook them up and you look at their brain maps when they're meditating, they will have whole brain function uh, more often than not. Mm -hmm. And for most of us, we, you know, we can't go off to the mountains and develop that, or we just, we're just not inclined to sit every day for the next 10 to 20 years and develop that whole brain state. And so the incredible thing about hemisync is it brings your brain within about 25 minutes into that whole brain state. And from there, it's up to you, mm -hmm. your intention, um, your desires, what you would like to do with it. So really, the, the magic isn't hemisync. Hemisync brings you to the doorway, but you've got to walk through and decide which hallway you're going to walk down. Great, great. I do think it's important for me to say in terms of full disclosure that I um, did engage in a hemisync workshop yes. with CJ. <laughs> and um, I, I found it to be very profound. And um, so I just want to... Um, so listeners know that, yes, I, I have a bit of a bias here. I did experience <laughs> it, and I did certainly, and it came at a very appropriate time this last weekend when I really needed something to help me with my stress. So um, it, it was very, it, it was, it did, it worked for me anyway. Yay. Um, so I went <laughs> to the threshold and I walked through the door. And, and you it was walked helpful. through the door and you walked down some hallways. And, and hopefully it will yeah. continue to stay with me. But, you know, I think yeah. it's like anything else, you have to continue to practice. Well, it is in a way. You know, hemisync is interesting because one of the first questions when people first start um, um, or are exposed to hemisync, they think, oh, God, you know, I'm going to have to put on the headphones and I'm going to, this is the only way that I can, you know, get to this state because mm -hmm. I need the, um, I need the left and right tones and I need the binaural beat generated. And, and actually, what this does is, and we were talking, I think Margaret was talking a bit about the entrainment, is that it does entrain your brain. Mm -hmm. So it entrains you, too. Mm -hmm. So that once you go there a few times, um, it's, easy to get back and yeah. eventually and and not too far away it's easy to get back on your own whether you're in the middle of a business meeting a traffic jam some mm -hmm. horrible confrontation with you know I don't know the mailman or something so 
So you can actually, after using this for a little while and being brought to that door, you can find the door all by yourself. Yeah, and entrainment is a fascinating thing because that's why I remember uh, I, uh, Hemisync has a series of uh, CDs that also have music and Baroque music particularly yes. comes to my mind because um, in the studies, and I, I can't remember the Russian um, scientist's name who discovered this, but Baroque music was very, the beats per minute was comparable to the heart, so they started to use it in Russia with these uh, cardiac patients yes. because they wanted to slow down the heart rate and um, and uh, or make it a more normal yeah. heart rate, I should say, not slow it down, excuse me, but make it more. And so they found that Baroque music, people entrained to music, whatever you listen to, your body entrains to it. Even if you're, uh, you know, staying at a motel, sometimes people can't yeah. sleep because the compressor or the ice <laughs> machine, because their body starts to entrain yes. to that. Yes. And so Correct. you can, so entrainment can be a very lovely feeling and also can be not <laughs> such a good thing if yep. you're entraining to something that uh, is, you know, kind of chaotic. Yeah. And Margaret talked about that too, about, um, you know, entrainment's like a habit. Mm-hmm. You know, the more you do something or the more you get into, you know, we can say we get into a rut when we don't like the entrainment mm-hmm. or we have a good practice when we do like entrainment. So, yeah. 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 Now, Hemisync, how does it specifically help the heart, would you say? Well, you know, um, like we've been talking about in many traditions, the heart is the seat of the soul. And the heart really is a powerful gateway to all things spiritual. Um, It's through the heart that we can directly experience that universal energy of love, of oneness, with both the higher self um, or the universe or God, with each other, with nature, the environment, and and with all beings. Mm -hmm. You know, exploring those areas within us which hold us back from basic self-trust and self-acceptance releases us to love ourselves. And when we do this, when we're freed to more deeply connect with one another, and with our spiritual side, which is often neglected in the day-to-day journey to pay bills, get everyone off to school, complete that next report at work. And, you know, especially now when we may be tempted to turn away from the spiritual, from our heart and heart space, as we worry about the economic climate and our changing places within it. But now more than ever, I think we'll find true benefit in taking some time to open our hearts and ourselves and continue or even start our spiritual practices. And if we can let go of those blocks, the energetic shields we hold in order to protect ourselves and our hearts from perceived threats, both old and new, I think we'll find all sorts of avenues, spiritual and material, opening us to uh, opening up to us in um, in concert with our heart and spiritual practice, which, by the way, need not be any more complicated than saying daily or even just a few times a week a positive heart-centered affirmation. Um, both your guests, Margaret, you know, had said um, simplicity is really the key. And so you don't have to start some sort of uh, two-hour-a-day meditative practice to, to reap the benefits. Really, it, it can start and, and even stay, if that's you know, your path and that feels good to you, with just a few, few words and a moment of silence. Mm-hmm. In terms of uh, uh, um, meditation and stress management and making these shifts. Yes, right. Uh, profound shifts in our life. Right. You, um, I know that you have said that Hemisync has um, several programs. And um, Rock, does Rock the Path have a, uh, a heart program? You know, we do. Um, we have one in development. We're a new nonprofit. We were born just last October, mm-hmm. and we have just launched uh, with two basic but powerful programs, Hemisync Intensive, which you attended last weekend, mm-hmm. and um, our Gateway Excursion. They are both weekend workshops and have in 
but we also have in development a couple of programs, including Exploring the Heartland. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is based on the popular Heartland program at the Monroe Institute, which offers new approaches for removing obstacles to love's expression in our daily lives, as well as methods for exploring deeper levels of self, um, discovering one's true essence, and connecting spiritually with higher universal energies. You know, the the program is, um, like all our programs, is very experiential, and we'll also use interactive processes, which incorporate a variety of exercises to support the rediscovery and deepening of heart space. And the, the reason I use the word rediscovery is I, I don't think that any of us will be discovering it. I think we'll be rediscovering it. Mm. Okay. Hi, um, CJ, what, what kind of an affirmation, you, you have, we've talked a little bit about affirmations and um, whatnot in terms of exploring the heartland. Um, can you talk to that? Can you speak to that? Yeah. Well, we will um, be using an affirmation, um, again, that is based on the affirmation that is used at the Monroe Institute in the Heartland program. Um, So this is their actual program. Yes, this is their affirmation. And, um, you know, we are associated or affiliated with the Monroe Institute, uh, both Stephanie Ray and I, who are co-founders of Rock the Path. And the Heartland Heartland program specifically addresses um, stress management and and, and all levels of in terms of higher consciousness as well. It takes into consideration what we would say the triad, body, mind, spirit. Yeah, it really does. um, Because stress, for instance, um, is something that not only gets in the way of us getting our daily chores and so forth done mm-hmm. and getting our daily responsibilities done um, and accomplished, and, and, but it does stand in the way of reaching our higher spiritual goals and connecting with oneness. And, and so when you can remove stress or at least treat it or reduce it, all sorts of avenues are opened. And again, coming through that heart space, concentrating on the heart and going through that powerful gateway, um, really very wonderful things can happen. And, you know, I just wanted to say, too, that sometimes when we talk about concentrating on heart space or concentrating on spirituality. People sometimes feel like that is compartmentalized, like they, they, you know, they can do spirituality or they can earn money and pay Take their Take care mortgage. of their, right, pay yeah. their bills. <laughs> yeah, it's like one you or the other. You can't do both. Right. right, you can't do both. And, and really, when things are tough, you certainly can't concentrate on the spirituality because you've got to pay your electric bill. And so um, I just wanted to say that it's really... This isn't about one or the other, and it's not about renouncing the rational self either, because sometimes people feel like you got to choose one or the other. You got to be logical, or you know. I, I don't actually. I think <laughs> what's what we need to do in our society is the marriage of both. Yes, balance. It, it's 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 uh, mind or body and spirit. It's both. Yeah. I mean, they've been separate for a long time, where we have put these um, aspects of ourselves in a compartment, and they really need to be re united because they're married. They do. They do. And I think that we've suffered a bit for compartmentalizing and even ignoring or even pretending that spiritual side doesn't even exist. I I love what uh, Yogi Kripala or Swami uh, Kripala said, the Kripala Center that's Mm -hmm. in the Berkshires. And he said, the best yoga is to be the well-wisher of everyone. Ah. I mean, it's just simple, uh, those simple statements or simple practices um, and, and that we can consider in terms of putting it all together. Yes, yes, absolutely. It's about balance and it's about wholeness and holisticness. It's about bringing it all together and merging all of it. Um, 
And this, you know, and when you come from an open space and a heart, this is really also a new way to approach old and everyday challenges. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about compartmentalizing, if if you're just feeling rather stuck right now or you don't know what to do, this is also coming from the heart, looking at the heart, opening the heart, is also a new way to perceive these old challenges or these old sticky places that have been troubling and difficult for you. So it's really an, a technique that maybe now more than ever is important to look at in your life. And oh, CJ, what brought you to, to uh, Hemisync? I mean, what, what was it about uh, your life that made you decide that this, you know, rock the path. For one thing, how did you come up with that name? What what does that mean, rock the path? And <laughs> and, uh, and then how how did Hemisync? How did that all um, yeah. emerge? Well, you know, we 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 get asked a lot, like what what the heck does rock the path mean? Mm. And um, really, the path is simply the journey that each one of us, either consciously or unconsciously, uh, travels during our lifetime. And to rock the path is to wholeheartedly embrace that journey. So to rock the path, um, it's a direct invitation uh, to take part in the unabashed exploration and expression of our greatest potential. Um, Now, as an organization, um, we're a nonprofit holistic retreat and education center, and we, as we've said, we use Hemisync, which um, I tripped over on the internet about uh, six years ago. Mm-hmm. And I have always been very, very, very interested in the esoteric, the metaphysical, the mystical, um, the religious, the spiritual, mm-hmm. um, all of my life. And so I found it on my journey. And when when I found the Monroe Institute and Hemisync, I, ju- I couldn't believe a place like this existed. Mm. I had no idea. I felt like I'd found Hogwarts or something. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, that this place actually existed just blew my mind. And uh, within a month, I was down there for their uh, initial program, which is called the Gateway Voyage. Mm-hmm. And within moments of setting foot at the Monroe Institute, I had found a home and a tool that just clicked and worked for me as it has for countless others. Mm-hmm. And so over the past you know, five or six years, I've become um, a real Monrovian. And I've, I've seen how this tool has changed my life and has changed other people's lives so profoundly that um, I had a, a business consulting practice. I closed the practice and mm-hmm. founded with my partner, Stephanie, um, this new nonprofit to offer the same opportunity to others that we've been given because it is so profound and wonderful. And what, what references do you have? What, um, if for people who want to learn more, certainly they can call you at, um, they, can, they can find you on the website, rockthepath.org. We talked yep. about that. And they can email you at rock the, uh, rocket at rockthepath.org. Um, <laughs> yep. And also give your call, your phone number, yep. 236-7459. And, and what other resources might you turn people on to? Well, um, or our websites. Yep. Our, our website, rockthepath.org, is a great place to start, although maybe not so much at this very minute because we are under creation. We like to call it that. Mm-hmm. So um, please check back as we get that more and more developed. It will be um, a fabulous resource, and that's what we want it to be for our community and for our students. But and if you want to learn more about Hemisync specifically, um, go to the Monroe Institute's website, and that's monroeinstitute.com. And they're based in Virginia, and they are. Robert Monroe uh, wrote several books. He did. And he was a really interesting man, and in many ways ahead of his time in the realm of esoteric uh, he, he was studies. completely ahead of his and, time. And a creative genius. I yes. mean, he was an artist. Yes, yes. 
Um, yes, he was. Because he was, he, I mean, he had that whole practical business side. He was a businessman, <laughs> well, and he was a successful businessman. He was an incredibly because successful. Because wasn't he in the uh, theatrical or the yeah, he film business the or something? Yeah, the shadow. <laughs> the shadow I mean, and how yeah. cool is that? Yeah. I, I remember, you know, from when I was a little kid, the shadow knows. That was so. my dad's favorite radio yeah, was program. Very interesting man. Unfortunately, we're, we're, we're kind of coming to the point where we have to wind down our program. So I do want to thank listeners for tuning in. We talked about the heart and health. And I want to thank all my guests, Dr. Dennis DeSilvi, Margaret Peet, and also C.J. Kinney. And also, again, to remind you of the Women's Health Conference, which will be taking place May 15th and 16th at Point Lookout. And um, you, again, uh, for more information, I'll give the phone number here, 930-2694. And lastly, if I don't get cut off, there is a very favorite quote that I've always had um, from the book, The Little Prince, one of my favorite books um, of all time. And I was also pleased to see that this was also this same quote I've always loved was on page seven of the Heart Math Solution, um, the textbook that Margaret Pete, one of the textbooks she uses for teaching heart math. So by St. Uh, Expre, he says, and he was perhaps the most spontaneously boyish author of our time. He wrote, and I quote, and now here is my secret, a very simple secret. It is only with the heart that one can see rightly. What is essential is invisible to the eye, end quote. Thanks for listening. This is Cynthia Swan, and thank you to Amy Brown for engineering this show. And you've been listening to WERU-FM 89.9 Blue Hill, 109.9 in Bangor, and online streaming, WERU.org. Remember to always exercise your healthy options. Thanks for listening.